and welcome to Writing About Dragons and Shit, a show where two authors and a writer get together and talk about the ways that they tell stories. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, from such shows as I'm Gonna Podcast and Champions of Lore, and with me each week are two amazing people who are... I'm Erin M. Evans. I write fantasy novels, best known for the Brimstone Angels saga and the forthcoming of Empire, the forthcoming Empire of Exiles. Someone had to, to fumble over the words in an intro this week, so it had to be. You know, it's spreading. What you need me <laughs> to hype it. Uh, word is, having gotten a sneak peek at the quote on the cover, it is masterfully done, and you are in the hands of a master. Uh, also, <laughs> we're all I'm taking so glad meaning. they don't have a, they can't a, put no, a hand no, gesture oh, on oh, the yes. book. Oh, yeah. Oh, but imagine my hand gesture have, about the masterful oh, hand. I have a tangent. I have a tangent. Well, hang on. Let's get let's, let's, this, let's yeah, get, let's get through this, the intros and talk to our guests real quick. I and already we can rambled do a for like five minutes and we haven't even gotten to the intros. Yes, we're all making meaningful eye contact with the camera that you can't see. Uh, Non-ironically, TV's B-Dave Walters. I say words about things. You can find me all over the interwebs where refined streaming content can be located. Oh, yeah. And the first TV show I wrote uh, is coming out finally this month. Hey. Uh, the one that I wrote and acted in. So there you go. Salvage. Awesome. Keep an eye out for it. I don't want to say because I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah. Uh, and also joining us is a special guest who is... What? Hi, I'm Ren Hutchings. I am the author of Under Fortunate Stars, um, a debut space opera. It just came out earlier this summer, and it is about accidental time travel, uh, history nerds to the rescue, and the perils of meeting your heroes. Ooh. I love all of these That's things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, you might be living a not insignificant number of those things, having heard our podcast and now being on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I hope all of that is on the front cover because I know I would instant buy that if I, if I oh. saw that there. Well, I assume, Ren, you have the... Have you guys seen the book? I, I, I saw it on a Twitter banner. Yep. It's gorgeous. It I is. left mine inside the house. But you have an amazing cover. I did I did it's do my here. best to hunt down a copy this week and I yeah. It's beautiful. Oh, so I mean, Look you, at you that. can't you can't hear how beautiful it is, but you should Google Under Fortunate <laughs> Stars and then buy that thing. Or we'll put yeah, it up on Twitter. Just Google it, click on the bookshop link and yeah. uh, get yourself one. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, well, one what, what of those things that Ren mentioned there, um, we're, we're going to be talking about today, which I'm sure you already know because it's the title of this episode that you already clicked on or listening to, Time Travel! <laughs> You're time traveling because you already know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, are we not all time traveling constantly? We're just taking the long way around. It's, oh God. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, th this is something that uh, when Aaron was like, hey, I've got someone who wants to be on and they want to talk about time travel. I was I jumped out because I freaking love time travel stories. They're some of my favorite things to do, and it's the thing I haven't written because I'm too scared to do it. Uh, <laughs> uh, what was I gonna say? As it is, e time travel is some of the hardest stuff to do well because if you're not careful, it very quickly can descend into Bill and Ted's, where you're like, uh, you "We're just gonna." Like it's a bad thing. Yeah, I well, know. It's like, Bill and Ted's did it though. You know, <laughs> otherwise you're like, "I'm gonna come back and leave a machine gun for myself," and you're like, "What?" It's why like people get so mad at Doctor Who when they're like wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. It's like it works this way because fuck you. That's why. Mm -hmm. That's why he can't go back and get Amy because well, fuck. You. Well, that like, actually uh, is a great segue to my first question for all of you, which is, what is your favorite type of time travel in a story? I defer to our guest. No, <laughs> favorite type of travel, as in the mechanic. Yeah, or like, the like, framing? like there, there's you know the 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 single timeline one, like Back to the Future. There's the the multi multi timeline one, kind of like uh, with uh, Avengers, where it's different parallel universes. Um, and then you know you've got time loops and all that fun stuff. Well, I love all of them. Mm -hmm. However, my favorite thing is when it's accidental, which usually leads to the protagonist not actually knowing what what it is, what kind of time travel it is until they do some further investigation, whether it's trying to repeat the same thing again or trying to go back, you know, and, and do the same action again that caused it to happen or just trying to figure out how it happened in the first place. Mm -hmm. So I think that um, the stories where you kind of discover what model of time travel it is as you go along with the character is my favorite. And that's also what happens in my book. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I think that when, when I look at, like, say, my top 10 time travel stories, there's all different models. And mm -hmm. I think that really what 
attract me is the character story. Why do we care about what happens, whether they can change something or not, whether they can um, undo something or whether it's just, you know, they're doing the same thing over and over again and learning something about themselves in the process. If I'm invested in the character, I can get behind just about any um, model of time travel as long as it's internally consistent. Hmm. That, that is a good, yeah, internally consistent is extremely important. <laughs> I think it's, it's a lot like a magic system, right? Yeah. Like you just, it needs to have rules, even if the reader doesn't know them right away, you need to know them. And as long as you, you kind of stick to them and kind of explain in as much as you need to for how much it's central to the story, I'm mm -hmm. cool with all of them. Um, okay. Yeah. What, what, what about the rest of y'all? What, what do y'all like? I like the answer about it being accidental. That's a really good dividing factor. Love it. Because I do love things. Like, I love a time loop where they're going, what the fuck is going yeah. on? I love a Russian doll. Yeah. Um, but I actually, I will say, I do like, I am a sucker for um, the Oxford time travel series that Connie Willis did. I love Say Nothing of the Dog and Doomsday Book so much. Um, which is like, we know what we're doing. I said, we don't, we don't. <laughs> um, which is also the more I, the, I, that, those are some books that I have read repeatedly, like as a, like, how does this work? And it, uh, it works in a way that I almost want to say it shouldn't, um, because they have almost no effect on anything when you get down to it. But, um, but I think that point about it being about the characters mm -hmm. mostly is, really good point because that also i think applies a lot to magic systems like you can get very digressive about like how how my magic system works um but if it doesn't happen to people that you care about it doesn't matter yeah. and then simultaneously you can get away with fudging a lot of stuff um because it is magic uh or time travel <laughs> and you care yeah. about the characters if all you're talking about is the, is the technical part that gets um really easy to spot the scaffolding Mm -hmm. What about you, B Dave? Um, e, ev plus one to everything. Obviously, mm -hmm. the the characters come first, or it doesn't matter uh, what what happens to them. Um, and of course, it is important to maintain your own inner consistency. Because I was just rambling about this at at a party last night. About that's when the audience gets mad at you. Uh, you know, like that example I always use: Superman can fly and shoot lasers out of his eye. Bugs Bunny can pull a hammer out of nowhere and hit you with it. If Superman pulls a hammer out of nowhere and hits you with it, everybody's going to be like, the hell is this? What's happening? <laughs> I would pay to see Henry Cavill do that, though. I mean, I'd pay to see Henry Cavill do pretty much anything. Um, in terms of the stories I like, um, I mean, I'll go along with whatever ride. All things being equal, I don't like multiverses because it tends to reduce the stakes. Mm-hmm. Like, I came yeah. here and I broke it here, but then I went home and everything's fine. Yeah. I think the stories I tend to tell, though, in how I think time travel would actually work from a purely theoretical sense, I think, actually, I think we live in a multiverse, so I'm about to contradict myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but what about time travel within but, 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 one verse? Do you know well, but what? I, I, I think <laughs> that what has happened has happened, and it's more about how did it happen and when you get there, and the things that you do you've already done because the past already happened. Yeah. So you can't change it. Yeah. Uh, that's what I, but yeah. I mean, it's you know, purely theoretically. Yeah. The, I was the... once in a writing group where a guy showed up and then derailed the whole meeting discussing how he thought time travel could really truly work. And we were like, this is not what this is, my oh, dude. Oh my God. But uh, I didn't you... stay in that writing group very long. I will just say <laughs> one thing. I, I did love in Looper when the dude was getting tortured in the past and in like real life, his fingers and stuff just started disappearing and things. And he's just like falling to pieces there. That nice. was the uh, it was cool though. <laughs> it, it, that that one was interesting. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I I definitely think like, it's really stupid. <laughs> it's really stupid. Um, but uh, they, I, I do I do like the the like single timeline thing with uh, like I like I do enjoy the ones where it is like what has happened has already happened. Like I any any time travel story where it's just like oh actually that thing happened all along. Like we didn't realize it, but it was this person who had actually gone back in time and done the thing, and we didn't realize that was them. 
but at the same time i do i do like the like back to the future where it's it's like uh marty mcfly changes or biff goes back gives a younger biff the almanac and then diverts the timeline stuff like that i think that stuff is is uh an interesting kind of wild timeline thing to do uh but uh really like when it came down to it like i asked the question but i i can't decide on one because there's also time (laughs) loops and happy death day is one of the two of the best movies i've ever seen Uh, (laughs) so i'm cheating and just all of them <laughs> I, I think if i had to you know i i used to say that doctor who was not just my favorite show but the greatest show ever made it's had a, a bumpy couple of years though so i think it lost that crown but i think my favorite single time travel story ever is i think it was yesterday's enterprise but it's the one where kelsey grammar's there where they're in the loop and the ship keeps getting destroyed and they keep trying to give themselves clues of how to get out of it mm-hmm. uh you know watching the enterprise get destroyed repeatedly was kind of traumatic but i think if i had to Either that or Terminator are probably my favorite. <laughs> but if Terminator ultimately settled on, you cannot change it, ultimately. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, I, the, another one that, that does that. That, uh, that is only because I've yet to read Ren's book, but I've ordered it today, and then it's going to be my new favorite time travel story, and it's going to be yours, too. <laughs> Amazing. I've been to the future. I've seen it. <laughs> it was always meant to be. So- yes. That's a question I have. Did you sit down and go, I want to write a time travel book? Or did it come out of, I want to tell a story about, you know, like you said, like meeting your heroes and finding out that there's. Was the time travel accidental in your book? (laughs) Yes, very much accidental. I think, um, in just before I answer that on the topic of if if it was planned like the whole we know what we're Mm -hmm. doing there's a time travel agency thing I like that too but I like how it goes wrong so what happens when you think you have all the answers and you have the manual about what you're supposed to do and either something doesn't work or it's not how you expected when you got there um, or you are trying to prevent something and you end up causing events that lead to the same thing starting to happen that wouldn't have happened if you weren't there Mm -hmm. um so I think that you can still bring in the accidental stuff. And I think that's partly down to the kinds of character archetypes that I really like. And that's how I came to writing the time travel story the way that I did. Because I think, you know, I love Star Trek. And Star Trek is about a really competent crew that knows what they're doing. And a lot of the time they, you know, they can refer to things that have happened in the past. Like they know that this can happen, right? Like oh, there's a time loop. Let's just kind of, you know, think back to what we might be able to do about this. Whereas if you just went to a regular day at the office and you do not expect to get thrown back in time or to encounter people from the past, how would regular people react Mm -hmm. to being thrown into the situations that a crew like the Enterprise crew kind of sees a a couple times a year? Like it's just, you know... Oh, there hasn't been time travel for a couple months. Probably something's going to happen. <laughs> Temporal anomaly. Um, uh, we're getting we're getting the uh, database. Getting they just, that time travel like, quota. They've somewhere they've got that little how many days since our last temporal anomaly, and it's like getting high. <laughs> but but I think that you know having that kind of situation happen to someone who never expected something like that yeah. could happen, who has absolutely no training or any framework for dealing with it at all. Um, I've just always found to be a really compelling story. Um, I have been obsessed with time travel pretty much since I've been into speculative fiction because I came to those two things at the same time uh, when I saw the movie Flight of the Navigator when I was about (gasps) six. I don't think I had quite reached an age where I could tell what was real and what wasn't yet because I was terrified but also fascinated and I thought this was a thing that might actually happen to me so I started like planning like what would happen if I came to my house and like a different family lived there it was like 20 years later or like my younger sibling was older than me Mm -hmm. what uh, you know and I started kind of reading other time travel stories after that and just became really really interested in it but partly because I didn't I don't know if I quite knew that it was fictional you know it's like (laughs) maybe maybe it's rare but it could happen and uh, what would I do if that happened to me I I want to be prepared Um, yes (laughs) (laughs) you're very you were a very um practical child there like I'm not I'm not falling into this unprepared. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
But yeah. I think, you know, I've always wanted to write one. I eventually I did. I wrote a lot of other stories before that. But I think that um, stories that play with time or time weirdness, time slips, time passing differently in a different mm. place. Um in in also different you know different models of time travel whether it's a person physically moving through time or whether it's something like there's a journal and people are writing to each other in this book that you know you can leave notes to each other in the book and you never physically see each other all of these ideas have been rattling around in my head pretty much since I started writing stories and um I think that this is just kind of the, the culmination of all of that in in putting all those ingredients into um a story that originally really was for me and eventually be. <laughs> became um, my be. debut novel. Heck yeah. Well, uh, I, I think the next question I want to ask everybody is, um, like, you know, I, I don't know how everyone's experiences with uh, time travel stories and whatnot, but, like, what what would you recommend for when someone's like, okay, I want to write a time travel story. Where do I start? I mean, like what to read I, or like, like, yeah, I know like what I think, yeah. Yeah, like like it, I I want to like what are what would you say some of the do's and don'ts of when it comes to like I'm I want to sit down I want to write time travel story what do I need to think about when it comes to that? Okay. I personally think time travel is the easiest kind of thing to do wrong. Uh, <laughs> it is the, the, the easiest way to cross yourself over. So I would say decide on the rules of your universe in advance. Is it a universe where you can change things? Is it parallel? Is it multiple? Even if you don't never say that out loud on the page, you need to know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It, yeah. I and agree. Then, yeah. And then go go from start with that. That's the first thing I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think also rewatch or reread time travel stories that resonated with you and think about what made it click for you. Mm -hmm. Like what's the wow moment? What was it that made you care about it in terms of the character arc? But also, what elements of the time travel did you find interesting? What mm -hmm. was compelling? And, and really, like, different people are going to find different things interesting about it. But if you find common elements between the stories that you like and, and you kind of can, can figure out what those elements are, then I think starting with those at, at, the, at the kind of heart of your story idea will help you get a sense of it. And then you can always work out the logic and like all the other stuff in edits, right? You're gonna need to probably make a spreadsheet if you're writing it non-linearly, <laughs> like write down all of your dates and stuff, but you can sort that out later. You really have to know one, why do we care? And, and what's actually happening? Like, what's the end game? I guess the way that I plan stories, I always kind of know the inciting incident and I know the ending that I'm writing toward and then everything else kind of fills in after that. But I think you need those building blocks. As many times as I've ranted about Primer on here, which is one of the greatest time travel stories ever made, uh, you got to afterwards, when you go look and see the spreadsheets and flow charts, that yep. people you got to write it out. You, we, I was still writing out like two weeks later, like going back to it being like, okay, wait, so there was this and there was that. And like, you, <laughs> yeah, you got to take notes. I think another thing to keep in mind, like that ties into both of those is like, what's the tone and what kind of stakes are you going to play with? Because like, yeah. you're going to have time travel where you're going to go the full existential horror of the butterfly effect, <laughs> or you can do the other side of the spectrum, the Bill and Ted. Oh, look, I love this here. Um, <laughs> I, I, I will not name names, but I watched a movie recently that I felt like was doing both. And it was really oh, bleh, no. like, God, pick, pick a thing. You can't be yeah. goofball. And also, um, all of these bits you if you're going to say that that the timeline corrects itself then what becomes the stakes right and i like a lot that are like nah, you really can't fuck the timeline up it's gonna snap back so the stakes need to be different on the other hand if you're like this is a very fragile house of cards and if you look at it wrong everything's gonna collapse and you'll destroy everything um how are you gonna keep that on the rails but, it, but it, i think it, sorry go ahead there's also something else in there though which is like does something matter even if it got erased mm -hmm. like if it was this you know bubble of time where something happened and you did something experienced something whether that's feelings or a relationship or something that you learned even if that were to be erased did it not matter so that like you know that's a different kind of like smaller existential question i guess yeah it's true i think like you you might not know all of how you want that to go until you're writing it but i think mm -hmm. starting out with with kind of like the sense you know do you do you want to 
address that if you're like yes juicy drama moment Mm -hmm. um cool but yeah don't wait into the middle and be like i was writing bill and ted but then (laughs) suddenly it's the sound of thunder and you're like okay a little bit of cosmic horror (laughs) (laughs) sprinkles of cosmic horror is my sprinkles bill and ted with sprinkles of cosmic horror is actually a really good pitch i was check that out all right i'm I'm cutting this part out we're not giving this to the listeners they can't hear that one (laughs) no you know what no take it because if they can beat us to it they deserve it hell yes there you go go. please write this somebody (laughs) eldritch bill and ted you know what i mean eldritch and ted yeah it's like whoa but with tentacles exactly. uh, <laughs> yeah um so what that you made me think of something there though uh that okay so let's take let's talk about paradoxes because i feel like that's something that always gets brought up a lot when it comes to time travel things uh like one of my favorite things is the bootstrap paradox where you essentially give the idea to the person and then there's no source of the idea and so on and so forth and like that and some people call them plot holes or they that they don't make sense and whatnot are there are there rules that we that we need to a- adhere to for time travel like a paradox like it, it does that matter or can is is there a way to just do it and it's fine i still say as long as you stay consistent if you've created a universe where that's a thing you've created a universe where that's a thing if you've created a universe where it isn't it isn't but to aaron's point pick a side unless unless you're going to make a significant plot point out of the fact that you're like, this is how it works. Mm-hmm. In this and one time, it doesn't. In this one time, time, it doesn't. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So. I think, I mean, paradoxes are a love-hate thing. I think like time travel itself, there's people that just do not like time travel stories because um, that's not their jam. But I think that, again, internal consistency always um, or make it a plot point that it wasn't the way it usually works and investigate that. Uh, but there was an article in New Scientist super recently that said that the most recent sort of physics suggests that there can be universes similar to our own where um, paradoxes are a natural phenomenon that happens. That time- That's cool as hell. <laughs> time is not the way that we, linear, the way that we experience it, but that there are things that, you know, are these twists and loops in time and that that is completely um, supported by theoretical physics in in universes that could be like our own. Mm-hmm. So I think the thing about sci-fi in particular is that the, even the universe, our own universe is weirder than we can possibly imagine. 100%. There is so much out there. I literally, that, like... before this podcast on Twitter, listened to what a black hole sounds like. Because NASA right. put and out that, that audit. It's like, what? That's wild. Right? Super metal. If you, super metal. <laughs> if you put that in a film, like, you know, 40 years ago, that seems very fantastical. But we live in a very, very strange reality. And so, you know, go wild. Just, <laughs> it could happen. It's true. It's true. Yeah. It, for me, it, as I've said many, many times, I believe all kinds of weird things. It's it's easier for me to tell you the things I think aren't possible. It's a very <laughs> short list. The thing that I go through in my head all the time is I a thousand percent think in the fullness of time, we'll figure out time travel. Uh, why haven't we seen the time travelers either? Normally, my, my running hypothesis is that time is linear until it loops and we have not arrived at the original branch for it to come back okay or Mm -hmm. if i'm right about the fact that things are what they are the time travelers are smart enough to fit in when they get here you know what i mean i do still love the fact that uh they've always been there i do love the fact that uh stephen hawking's uh threw a party for time time travelers and announced it the next day i thought that was fucking brilliant (laughs) here's the thing about that because that was his gotcha that it's like time travel yeah it's like well they well they want to make you look like a jerk i'm I'm like bold of you to assume that if you could go across space and time hanging out with you this one time was that high on the list (laughs) stephen hawking like the cojones on this guy you know what i mean well of course they're gonna want to they don't fucking exist That that actually is the 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 most extreme version of no one came to my party, but I'm gonna make it okay. <laughs> what okay? But what if someone came and then they told him a reason why to cover why he had to cover it? Oh up? yeah, I True. love that shit. True, they men in blacked him. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> I agree. I agree. That's yeah, but that's 
my just personal thing. Sorry, Aaron. I've, I've we've oh. been soaking up all the oxygen. You haven't had a chance to. Say you guys anything. are being very entertaining. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but for for um, oh god, I had the question and then it just flew away from my head. Um, that's what I do. Yeah, you go know. back in the past and act. <laughs> god dang it! All right, hey. done, done, uh, <laughs> exactly. It's you know I, I will say let me throw out a question while you're okay. thinking. Okay. This is a, th- a theoretical question, if you're comfortable answering. If you could go back in time and talk to ten year old you, oh fuck, what would you tell him? Oh, we're gonna do this Twitter we're post. Do this. Damn it, we're gonna do this. Can it be twelve year old? Can it be twelve yes. year old me? Because I mean, you're a time traveler. You can be both. Hey. Nope. You go back in time. You give ten year old you a letter. You say, "Don't open this for two years." Yeah. yeah well, so at twelve, I made up a password that only I know to use in a case of time travel. So you know, wow, how, like, that's amazing. You, you always, you always waste all this time, like trying to. What is something only I would know and nobody would know, and like all this stuff. And what if you needed? You just landed like one minute before you needed them to do something, and you need them to believe you instantly like if a car rolls up and someone holds up a piece of paper with this password on it i'm just jumping in like i don't need to be convinced i know that message came from me so if it was 12 year old me i think i'd have a lot easier time just Mm. we can go right to that yeah in fact i could appear like right after i created the password which would be pretty cool (laughs) you know first of all that's so awesome i love it you're you're one of my favorite people now but second of all (laughs) I I, I I love the idea that pre-password you would have been skeptical of you. Like you roll up and you're like, you could be anybody. You know what I mean? Like anybody that like, just look, popped out of existence. Like, what? I, I will say this though. Um, once uh, when when I used to still still have a day job, I would drive and I'd park in the same place every day. You know, just one of those things. You know, and I was pulling up and there was a car that looked just like mine in the spot that I'm at. <laughs> And I was like, if I get out of that car, I'm running that fucker what? over. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined that for me. Like, I would have used to be like, parent trap me. Like, wow, this is so cool. Now I'm like, nope. <laughs> I made a conscious joke. Because I'm like, the real me would know what I would do. And so he wouldn't be there right now. Mm. Sorry, Trevor and Aaron, what would you say to young you? No, I get honestly like I used to love questions like this and then I had children and I'm like I don't want to touch anything in the timeline that might lead to my kids not being born that (laughs) freaks me out um and so I have a hard time with these like you could go back and you like go back in time and you have the same knowledge but you're 20 again or go back and tell yourself something I'm like okay I I, okay I'm the responsible time traveler I I I got a better one for you you go back in time and can show your younger self one thing from the future and it won't affect anything. Well, like just me, to see how amazed they would be. Just even, even to Aaron. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that's it, that's it. She's holding up actually, a book, audio Actually, when I was 10, yeah. my mother was like, you're gonna be a writer. And I was like, no, ugh, barf, I hate it. <laughs> I'm gonna be a lawyer and make a ton of money. Uh, right. And then I realized that I would not enjoy that even a little bit, so. You could have been like a, a Who's, who, wait, who, who wrote the who wrote the freaking pelican brief um john grisham john no. grisham yeah, Gr- yeah grisham yeah. John grisham. Yeah, yeah. yeah there you go could have been both ah little aaron uh i will say <laughs> what i would I was about say to, to burn my... out being a video game writer and a book writer <laughs> i don't think i could cope with being a lawyer <laughs> uh what i was i know I, you haven't answered yet trevor but for okay. me i would just i I trust your instincts, trust your instincts and enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I also would not attempt to alter anything. I just be like, bro, trust me, some wild stuff's going to happen. Just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> um, I, I, I will give a real answer for this. I, I, I would, I, I'd tell past me that to come real close. I just be like, those silk button up shirts are not cool. Please stop. Oh, there will be photographic help. evidence later. I, I, will, I will go back in time and be around. like, 10 year old Trevor, yeah. you're fabulous. Leave I, it alone. I would, I would roll in roughly like 16 year old me. I think I'm that much older than you. It was still flex, and I'm going to be like, bro, do not listen to him. <laughs> and then I would hold up my freshman picture of me in a silk Spider Man shirt. You <laughs> said, wear that now. I haven't even seen it. And I'm just going, I'm a yes, little bro. Yes. I guess you could sort of is the best Trevor. (laughs) You could sort of gently interact with yourself without, you know, trying to change something or give any life changing advice. Just be like, it's going to be okay or something just like that reassuring stranger interaction where you just 
That's like, one that I've always thought about what? is that if I did do that, that is one that I've genuinely thought about where like future me was just like, I'm going to bump him that way real quick. So he doesn't yeah. die. Let, let, let me, let me, let me ask, let me ask you this, Trevor. I mean, cause he is 10 year old. You was still pre-internet. I think I lose track of that. Uh, you, you fresh just about children. to start, but yeah. If you could have told yourself about your siblings sooner, would you? Was that something oh. that you actually would have liked to have known earlier in life? Oh, a thousand percent. Data point, Ren. Uh, Trevor yeah. was donor conceived, so he has a podcast yeah. where he's meeting all of his half siblings. He's oh, a wow. Cylon. Really cool. I'm a Cylon, yeah, thousand mm-hmm. percent, yeah. I, I have twelve <laughs> half siblings. Uh, no, yeah, I would hundred percent do that, and then they would get to see how weird I was as a teenager. And be deeply envious of your. Wait, so you all have a podcast bit. together with your siblings? Yes. <laughs> wow. Have you found any like interesting similarities? Oh in yeah, life? no. That, and, see, and see that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna tie this into the time travel thing. Would be is weird <laughs> because like there's certain things where I'm just like that doesn't make sense unless someone went back and changed that. <laughs> <laughs> like we are all way too similar. Like my wife is my wife is straight up said you all are like a case study for nature versus nurture. Like you get that right? Y'all are fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> It's in the blood. Yeah. So no, I, 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 yeah, I, I think, I think that would be my, my time travel like branching thing. I'd be like, hey, by the way, you have a bunch of siblings. Here's how you go find them. That'd be cool. Um, I still didn't figure out what the question was, but uh, you know what? We're just gonna keep talking about yep. time travel. So I, I think, I think what I want to know is uh, outside of you can travel back in time and fix it in post. <laughs> what, what is, uh, what do you think is a great example of? And, and Ren, I'm, 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 I'm gonna say your book doesn't count on this one. <laughs> outside of your own creations, I'm what like do you Ren's think book. is a great example of time travel as a story element? Rin's book. No, you I did say that it. she couldn't say it, so. We say it. True. I mean, Under yeah. Fortunate Stars. Right. Available now. <laughs> I did start it. I do like it. Um, yeah. The, uh, I, okay, so I mentioned, I mentioned Connie Willis's Oxford Time Travel series, which are a lot of fun, although they are very of the type of, we are intentionally time traveling. There are lots of safeguards in place. So the problem is not going to be, we fucked up the timeline. We might think we fucked up the timeline, mm-hmm. um, but those are fun. Um, I like a time loop. I like Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, which mm-hmm. is a time loop story where it's like, why am I time looping? <laughs> what is like going was, on? That was part of like the kind of renaissance of the Agatha Christie style like mystery, which Knives Out did as well. Yep. Like just, just kind of re. Um, that kind of closed room thing somebody did it who did it and i just love that that's coming back and doing that with time travel it was great Murder mystery I, time think, loop. I think for me it was timeline by michael crichton mm. just because it was thought provoking but it was another one of those things that this works because reasons like it literally was described as we fax you to the past mm-hmm. and when someone was like that makes no sense the scientists were like we know but it works and it's yeah. like okay you know, like, uh, set the rules. Yeah, I know. It's like, uh, I'm in. Let's go. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is, it is a time travel story in the strictest technical sense, in the sense that, yes, people do travel through time, but it's we're way more of a uh, fish out of water medieval story of like, now we're back here and things happen. You know, it's like time travels more the inciting incident, if that yeah. makes sense. Again, not unlike Terminator, mm-hmm. where time travels the inciting incident, but then there's the movie yeah so where the where the time travel doesn't happen again right Mm -hmm. i'm i'm gonna say first contact the movie Mm. star trek first contact um and specifically that meeting your heroes angle where someone yeah the where the you know zafram cochran he is at a low point in his life where he doesn't think anything's going to work out. Like his prototype's just been destroyed. He is in a terrible situation living in like the aftermath of a conflict. And to be faced with the fact that not only is there a hopeful future, but that he's like an intrinsic part of it is both baffling and terrifying to him. Like he's not, when they're telling him like, oh, I went to a high school that was named after you. He's not excited. He freaks out and he runs away. Yeah. And 
it's it's like everyone kind of wants to know a part of you wants to know like oh i wish i could see the future i wish i could and we're kind of afraid of what if you see something bad like you didn't accomplish what you thought you would or it didn't turn out the way that you hoped but what happens when you're told that you have this heroic destiny or that you're going to do something awesome and you don't feel like you're that person that they think that you are how would it feel to be confronted with that so i think the time travel element really it's is it's such an important story element there but it is a character moment and even though it's a kind of really small part of the movie it's actually a big inspiration for for my writing was, was that one scene yeah where where he finally get when he gets told what he's going to do and the reaction that he has and how difficult it is for him to like put that together with where he is at right now mm-hmm. star trek first contact is my favorite star trek movie uh, when I introduce people to Star Trek for the first time, I show them the best of both worlds, part one and part two, and then I show them first contact. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't yeah. like this, I'm going to save you about 500 hours. Um, <laughs> but it is, it is. I agree completely. Yeah. That is my favorite. But movie what about. I will say is I hated that reaction from Zephram Cochran because I hate the I just want to be normal stories. That's I don't think that's it. I think it's the it's the like, oh my god, how? How? Right? Yeah, because the how, how do you here, get but you don't have that there. either because behaves listener, always got all the confidence I want you to see. Force. I wish you could see that's, why he's, <laughs> that's why he's glowing. No, don't give me okay, first of all, thank you. I love you. Second of all, not unlike I forgave fourth edition for giving me Aaron M. Evans, <laughs> I can forgive that scene of first contact if it inspired you, Rin, to do the wonderful things you have done. So I made my peace with it. When Zephram gets there, he gets there. Yeah, but I will he tell does. You this. He does get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Third and time I will tell travel. you this right now. If me from five years came to me now and said, Aaron, this book you're working on, this book that's making you want to jump off the roof because you can't remember how to write, it's actually going to be an international bestseller and it's going to be an HBO series and it's going to be amazing. I would not feel comforted because I don't see how I get from here to there. Mm-hmm. But would you feel me that pressure? Right how do I finish this series? It's going to be an international bestseller. It's going to be an you HBO series. Know. You and don't I, know. Do you don't even have extra timeline knowledge. You just have but it. You even still have, have to yours. write it. I think what you're saying, though, is yeah. You still have to write yeah, it. You haven't written it yet. And like, knowing that that's, you know, that timeline is possible. You don't know for a hundred percent that it's fixed. Now you got to do it. Right? Yeah. You know, and you can't. Don't, is it a paradox? See, is no, a paradox I, it just I, got so much more stressful. If five-year me... I would use that from Cochran, 100%. If, if, if five-year me showed up right now and we didn't instantly do battle to the death because he would know how to approach me because otherwise one of us has to go in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, bro, this stuff you're about to do is going to blow up. I'd be like, I know, dog. I know, dog. It would be so comforting to me. I'd be Scrape like, some of it off and put it in a bottle and send it to me. Yeah, I'm that confident. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's exactly. like... But this is like the ultimate version of what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I, I, will say the, I, think, I think the secret sauce is act as if you can't fail already and it's going to be all good. <laughs> I think, okay, 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 well. okay, okay. This, this, <laughs> might, be, this might be the... Um, the the another one of these there are two kinds of writers things like, this is, is a great more comforting type yeah. <laughs> is it more comforting if you from five you you and five years in the future were to show up and say it's going to be great or if you found out you're stuck in a time loop so you can just keep throwing things at the wall and see what happens and it and the consequences aren't there i would rather be in a time loop with this book i'd love to be in a time loop then have would, future me what? tell me i saw fine you but would do you know would you know for sure what opt into groundhog day would you know for sure though that that success was guaranteed or did the act of telling you then change what you were going to write where and now I it's going to be go. bad i'm like, like you don't know you don't know anything i, I mean i'm already you you don't know I, anything I would Kool-Aid man <laughs> through the wall of five, you five years, you there. I mean, I'm like, what? I told her she wouldn't listen. Be like, damn, you're still hot, Aaron, five years from now. Like, just like, working, Thank you. All, all that international bestseller money's doing you right. You know? Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> would I shamelessly flirt with future you? We all know I would. Yes. <laughs> and then I very much would be, I told you so to current you. Yes. 
I, I go, going back to him. going back to Star Trek: First Contact. <laughs> I will say one of the things that they do in that plotline that I that I do really love in a lot of the time travel stories of the of the you know meeting your hero sort of the thing. I love the scene where they're flying in the ship for the first time and he's piloting. And uh, I, it, wasn't it Jordy and uh, and uh, uh, Riker, Riker, Riker are in the Riker back and they're him. just smiling, watching him enjoy this. Like, like, oh, I, I forgot something. And it's like the music. That yeah, he's gonna... yeah, yeah, because they're about to have to abort. And they're like, you're going to ruin the future. And then he's like, no, it's my cassette tape or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's. That is interesting. You add that to the list of the turnkey versus the fixer uppers. Um, yep. <laughs> you know, with, with, the, with the writers. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that would be the best thing. I tell you what would be terrible, though. What? Future you comes back and it's like, you're going to blow up and it's great. And you're like, what? And then you write the book and then it doesn't happen. And then, like, future you is like, you didn't write the book I saw. And now everything's ruined. Right. This yeah. is the thing. <laughs> yeah. But is it because you thought, you know, because of the pressure or because something changed that you didn't write what you would have written if you didn't know the future. See, mm -hmm. I, but that aspect of it, I, I would feel like it's still fixed. You wrote what you wrote. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I don't agree just, with that one. I, I, I do. I think the only way it verifiably has changed is if you did what Lovecraft country did and give yourself the book. Yeah. Then you've changed it. You know what I mean? If future you comes back, if you take your book right now, uh, Under Fortunate Stars, which is available now, and went back and gave it to yourself five years ago, then yes, you have definitely yeah. altered things. Uh, otherwise, you didn't do that, yeah. right? I mean, <laughs> give it to myself five years. Never I mean, I was confessed. working on it five years ago. <laughs> yeah. um, I would be like, what? Why is the title that? Um, <laughs> What was your working title? I'm curious. The Jonah Rift. Ah. Because that's the name of the ship, the Jonah, right? Mm-hmm. Gotta save it for the sequel. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't believe all three of you were like, that would stress me out. And I'm like, that'd be the greatest day of my life. <laughs> I love the, the Aaron and I are in the same boat of opt into Groundhog Day. Give it, Never. let me do that right I would, now. Yeah, I would, I would do a Groundhog Day voluntarily. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> And right out to face it, dawn of the fifth day to hell with it. Where are the orcs over there? Let's go. No, <laughs> no. I, 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 I will say that like, like time loop stories, I think probably are my favorite just because like in time travel, it, it does come into the thing of like, well, why didn't you just bill and Ted it? Why didn't you just do this? There's so many questions that come up with it. And I, I think that's what I like about time loops is that you still get that time travel aspect, mm -hmm. but you're in a confined space. Um, yeah, and, and I, I do love the ones that like uh, we don't really fucking care why this is happening. Uh, it just is. <laughs> like Groundhog Day. Yeah, Groundhog like, Day yeah. never explains. Yeah, it? It, 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 um, it did Palm in the original Springs. script. Palm Springs. Palm mm -hmm. Springs. Okay, like putting that in like a rom com context is movie. like. That's the one. It didn't explain how did it happen. Yeah, I there don't was know. A, there was a glowy cave. Like, there was what, a cave. Like there's dinosaurs there was some... because. Yeah. But it didn't matter because I think, like, you know, the tone, right? Yeah. This is the thing mm -hmm. about matching the tone to the magic system um, mm -hmm. and making sure that the amount that you explain is, like, the amount that it needs. You didn't need to know more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I, I don't know if, if you all have seen the, the two Happy Death Day movies, but they do eventually explain why it is. and it. But even though they do, it's still just like, because it fucking does. Because. <laughs> <laughs> I do absolutely fucking love those movies. You know, it, so I do a uh, Ravenloft game, which is a horror setting for Dungeons oh, You're talking about Bloodsburg, aren't you? And I wasn't, but I am now. Um, and Trevor edits, edits the, the audio from it. And one of the things you I have to be mindful of your of your genre conventions and things because there's things in ravenloft that are incredibly lazy storytelling in any other medium that work in ravenloft like you go to sleep somewhere and you just wake up somewhere else because you do mm -hmm. you know the mm -hmm. mist rolls in the mist rolls out you're somewhere else you have a prophetic dream like that all works there because that is baked into what it is mm -hmm. um so Mm -hmm. again as long as your thing is internally consistent that you're like this is a world where stuff like this happens the audience will go with it now blutespur what he's referring to is just the broken psychological plane it's it's the it's the hp lovecraft plane is what mm -hmm. blutespur is but one of the elements of it is you don't go to blutespur you remember having been there 
like you start Ooh. having bad dreams or you realize like there's like a microchip under your skin or something like that. Like that's how all the blue spur stories work. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we need so. to like put some elements of this into the cosmic horror Bill and Ted. Just like yes. to make Yep. They they don't Pull time travel, they remember having is. time travel. What, what, what I will say is that there, there's a character that I have in there that experiences time non-linearly, like Dr. Oh, Manhattan. I meant to bring this up. I was editing yeah. the episode yesterday. I'm like, remember to bring this up. <laughs> hey, there we go. That I like. Because, you know, again, in Watchmen, Dr. Man, it's all happening at the same time for him. Yeah. So he's, these these events, he's like, mm-hmm. I'm meeting her for the first time. She's leaving me in 16 years. Like, that kind of stuff. And doing this live where the character's always like, wait, when are we? Have we done this thing yet? And then I just make up I love stuff. that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> characters meeting each other in different orders. So one yep. of them already knows who the other one is. Like, season season two of Picard did it. I will say, my... Guinan. The best example of that for me is River Song and the Doctor. Oh, yep. Yeah, yep. that, that, that she at her oldest meets him at his youngest and they're moving backwards together uh, all the way to the last night, but the night last 30 years or however long it was, I was just like. That was that was a good one. That was a really <laughs> good one. Um, yeah, the, the, the non-linear uh, character, like the, another one that did this was um, uh, Arrival. Uh, Mm -hmm. where like that was a movie that was just like surprise there's time elements to this um and that that one like i could not get my head around like i can get my head around like writing time travel like if i sat down and wanted to do it i feel like i could do that trying to sit there and and write a character who experiences the story non-linearly i don't know how i could possibly do that without a massive timeline like just like I, I'd have one of those like red web things on the wall of like, okay, so here's where mm-hmm. they went here. Here's where they went there. I uh, can tell I can tell you what I do with Mangata because I have to do this live mm-hmm. is um, again, it's Ravenloft. So the, technically this thing is a, it's a moonstone dragon and they're, they're dream dragons. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So like some of these things, uh, that was the, why I made the point in the last episode that it's like, I come and I see you in your dreams, you know, for some of these things that have happened. But when Mangata showed up the first time, I foreshadowed some things because I'm me that I set this in motion like 20 episodes ago. But some of those things I made up on the spot, but then I made happen that I was like, you know, oh, has this thing happened to you yet? Yeah. Did you pants Mangata is what you're saying? No, I improv Mangata. That's completely <laughs> different discipline. Completely different. We're going to catch him one day. We're going to catch think, him. Never. You know what is an interesting thing? I draft out of order, and I wrote the entire story out of order non-linearly, so the way wow. that it, the structure is non-linear, and I also wrote it out of order. But I had those experiences where sometimes I'd find a piece and be like, oh, I already foreshadowed that. Did I? I didn't even think of that yet, but it's already there. <laughs> like, so I think that once you, once you start to think of a story that way, those things happen. Like hmm. the story just does that red strings thing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, uh, surprisingly, we're actually getting towards the end of the episode, and I did want to uh, do a listener question at the end, but before we get to that, uh, what, any, any other thoughts on time travel, time travel stories, time travel characters? Okay. <laughs> it's okay time if there's not. <laughs> oh, time travel care. I mean, characters, like I said, are at the center of everything for me in storytelling and, if we don't care what happens to a character, I think it could be like the most interesting setting and the most interesting and complex and perfect time travel story in the world. But if you don't care about the outcome, I think the stakes can be tiny. It can be as small as like someone's trying to just uh, get a letter to somebody that they didn't tell one thing to and it doesn't change anything. They just wanted this one person to know how they feel. And if we care for them, that can feel as big as someone trying to time travel to save the world, to save the universe or the timeline. So I think that you you need to believe that the character cares about the stakes and that's where the stakes come from because why do we care about any story? You you kind of need to, to feel something, I think. And... Um, and it's nice if the story backdrop is interesting, but I think ultimately <laughs> the thing that makes it really stick in your head is when there's emotions tied to that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, recent kinks aside, there's a reason why Doctor Who has been a thing almost nonstop for 55 years. So um, which... actually, you reminded me, I did want to point out one one thing. I think for me, one of the best 
moments of time travel that has been shown is when in the Doctor episode where they brought Van Gogh to the Van Gogh Museum. Yes. That was one of, mm, that, yes. I, I don't think time travel has ever made me cry before, but that did. Yes. Oh, his, the, his, just with the head. The oh my God. Eyes, I just like, well, when I introduce people to Doctor Who, I show them Blink and I show them Vincent and the Doctor. And I'm like, look, man, if this didn't do it for you, again, I'm going to save you a couple hundred hours. You know, and knowing that it gets this good will help you get through some of the bumpy, uh, some of the bumpy episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just, um, I think, though, I would caution. I think you need to settle on what's the story you're trying to tell and not just I want to write a time travel story because uh, it'll hit different if you're yeah. like I just want something wibbly wobbly and timey wimey versus here is this compelling narrative about somebody that wants to go back to World War One to save the grandfather in the trenches of the psalm you yeah. know uh, because I see so many stories where it's like uh, somebody saved me and I never got to thank him and they're like really that's weird and then later you're like it was me what I can't think of any story where it's like no, I'm going to go and do that. I'm going to go make sure yeah. that I'm either gonna, like I'm either going to identify the guy or be the guy, you know, but whatever. Yeah. The, the story and the character and the stakes to all of Ren's points are more important than the fact that you're going to hop around time doing it. You know, and then that's kind of secondary. Th this is going to sound bad at first, but I, I mean it in a good way. This episode has actually made me decide to put off writing a time travel story because... <laughs> Like, no, like, like I have always wanted to write one, but yeah, like putting it into perspective the way that y'all did with the, with like, you know, the time travel doesn't matter unless you're interested in the character. Like now I'm like, okay, eventually I'm sure I'll write something where time travel happens and I'll be invested in the character first and, and that will just be part of the plot. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, cause like thinking about the one, the time travel stories that I love it's because it has a really interesting character in it. Everyone loves Marty McFly and Doc Brown, and it's not just because they have a time-traveling DeLorean, it's because they're great characters. I came across time for you, Sarah Connor. I love you. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Any last thoughts from you, Erin? Uh, I think we hit everything okay. uh, that I can think of to say, so I will. Okay. Uh, well, we, uh, we we got a, uh, a a listener email that I wanted to uh, uh, read the question part of. Uh, this is from Karina. Uh, Karina, first off, thank you for uh, writing in uh, uh, all that you did. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to boil it down to the, the question, uh, though. But uh, um, I, I did read your whole email, and, and, I, and I did really appreciate it. But essentially, yeah, this comes down to read the email. I know. I'll, I'll, I'll forward it to you. Oh, my God. I mean, why are you hugging all I the like You have access no. to the email? <laughs> you have no idea how many emails. I need to be armed to convince future I mean, Aaron that future Aaron is right. And I need all of the external validation possible. So, so uh, the, the, this question uh, boils down to that they, they you know, I, I understand this uh, heavily. They have a lot of social anxiety and whatnot. And they, they, the idea of like if they did get published and whatnot, like this is, this is an absolute what if. Um, mm -hmm. But it's just, you know, something uh, for, for their mind, um, like there's signings and readings and meet and greets and stuff like that, if that's what your publisher wants you to do. And essentially, it says this may be a stupid question, but will publishers hold it against me if I feel unable to do a reading or a talk? I'm terrified they will, and I might uh, affect any chance I have of getting published. I know this uh, might sound stupid, too, uh, but I tend to overthink things. Uh, in fact, I'm overthinking about overthinking. It is an introvert and empath thing, I swear. <laughs> Girl, I feel you. Like, but no, nobody cares about that. No one ever is going to ask you, okay, before we sign you, are you willing to do public readings and do um, signings and stuff? They will ask you, they may ask you, hey, we're going to set this thing up. Do you want to participate? But also a lot of that stuff, you got to do the legwork yourself. So if you don't want to do the legwork, yeah, there you go. That's fair. Yeah, you do what you want to do. You never are obligated to do anything. I mean, I don't know. Maybe some people's contracts have something like that in them, but um, generally not not for a debut novel. And you can talk to your publicist and tell them what sorts of things you're comfortable with and not comfortable with. There's also just a lot of other kinds of promo that you can do that isn't live. Like you can do blog interviews. Um, you can write guest posts. Like there's a lot of ways that you can engage with the community that 
isn't in person or that isn't live. Um, and you can tailor that very much to what you're comfortable with and what makes you feel good about sharing your work. And hopefully you can just tell your publicist about that when the time comes and they will find opportunities that work for you. And it's going to be best for everybody if you're um, communicating in a way that feels good for you. Heck yeah. I mean, I know this is going to come as a complete and total shock. <laughs> That that's not a thing I understand. But I think there was a three-person eye roll in the Zoom conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand it's that having... it is real. It's, I understand it's real and I respect it. Yep. I, if anything, what I would do is I'd lean into it. I'd write it under a pseudonym. Make who you are this grand mystery that nobody knows and maintain all of your ah. anonymity. Turn steer into the skid, man. Hell Yeah. <laughs> See, I know you guys thought I was going to be like, just get over it. Just do it. No, I realize people exist differently in this world than me. I understand. <laughs> and I respect get, that. Get yourself a B-Day friend. Yeah, sure. Get yourself a B-Day friend. I, you know was what, just, what? I was just reading a thread about, you know, people talking about going to conventions who haven't been before and there haven't been live ones like some of them haven't mm -hmm. been running for a couple of years and uh, someone was just like oh you know what do, what do i do if i'm introverted i'm not really sure and they're like find yourself an extrovert buddy and they're gonna <laughs> hype you up and just like they will hype you for you and um kind of it can help to just have someone you know maybe you'll be more comfortable doing an event with someone you know so you might meet another author in your debut group that's a friend of yours and then you can do your your kind of chat or you're in conversation with someone that you know so you know what the questions are going to be oh i really this, i really love that this was my exact dynamic with tess fowler like expressly like i tanked all the press i took the <laughs> questions she was just there with me and she was just like you i'm literally going to stand behind you and let you absorb it all and i was like can do <laughs> ironically enough she also nearly died from cancer she's okay now thank the maker but now she's fearless because she's like i almost died screw it i'll do anything and she's <laughs> the most out there person but at the time yeah that was that was our exact relationship yeah um well uh katrina i hope that uh or, or karina sorry uh, uh i hope that uh puts a little bit of your overthinking at ease i know how that goes overthinking sucks i i, I just it fucking sucks uh so yeah i hope that helped you out um but uh but yeah that uh i think that is gonna do it for this week's episode ren thank you so much for joining us and talking about thank some time you for travel having me you know, here's, here's the real question before we log off oh what period of time are you actually here from <laughs> <laughs> oh about about an hour ago <laughs> <laughs> mine explode uh where can uh where can people find you and what awesome things you working on um you can find me online on twitter and instagram at void cricket on my website renhedgings.com i have an events page there so um anything that i'm going to be doing that's coming up is on there i have a blog that i update occasionally um and you can of course check out my book under fortunate stars wherever you buy your book there's an audiobook available as well ebook and hardcover heck yeah go get it right now you're, right now. I, I see i see you just sitting there you open up your I mean, phone go to Amazon. you know what hold on a second hold on a second i know you already bought it when we mentioned it like, <laughs> right there. thank you for your i will say go to smile.amazon.com if you're gonna buy it on amazon Thanks at least up. you can make a charitable donation oh. ideally go to an independent shop though that's fair uh uh aaron b dave same question you can find me on Twitter at Aaron M. Evans. You can join me um, with these guys on Champions of Lore every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific on twitch.tv slash CNE Games. You can also join me for Concentration Check, a co-writing space on twitch.tv slash Dungeon Scrawlers every Monday at 1.30 p.m. Pacific. Come do some Pomodoro sprints with me. Uh, and again on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Pacific, uh, at least this week, uh, for Dungeon Scrawlers, an actual play with a bunch of fantasy raiders. Yeah. They just extended us for 20 more episodes of Champions of Lore, and I gotta tell you, I don't know when the other contract ended, so I don't know, is that like 25 more from now? It's, like, it's such a champagne problem, we're so blessed, but they keep being like, do more, and I'm like, okay, and they're like, do more, more, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> like at some point, we're gonna run out of D&D &D 
stuff to talk about. You know, that's when we that will be at episode 100. And we go back to episode one and talk about how our opinion has changed. We just, mm. just yeah. what you could do is edit in clips of like a past version of you talking to current you and respond <laughs> to them. And, and me being like in complete alignment with past me and Aaron being deeply suspicious of past her. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, honey K. Yeah. Uh, that's me suspicious face. <laughs> Legends of the Multiverse, Wednesdays, uh, Black Dice Society, Thursdays, but not this Thursday, because I'm going to be all up in SDCC. So if you're coming to Comic-Con and you see an anomalous mask-wearing giant, come say <laughs> what's up. Uh, and then a couple weeks after that, I'll be at Gen Con, where I'm finally oh. going to meet Aaron M. Evans in the meat space. What? That's yep. right. I'm not going to be here. Well, we'll have to talk about that. But uh, so, yeah, this is probably the last episode for Gen Con for me. Uh, so, but yeah, be at Gen Con. I will post my schedule on Twitter, I promise. Yeah, I'll post I'm my... I'm not pretending this isn't happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm post. You know what? But I'll thank it for you. You know what I mean? Like this, I'm very I excited we're actually going to meet in person. That's exciting. That is mm-hmm. true. That is that is very true. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, yeah. The, the Legends of the Multiverse and Black Dice Society are D&D, Twitch, and YouTube. Yeah. Uh, well, Ren, uh, once again, thank you so much for uh, uh, coming on and talking with us. You didn't say where to find you, good sir. I'm going to say it after that. Oh, I know, the, yeah, I, I'm thinking non-linearly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Hopefully we can have you on again to talk about some other fun sci-fi stuff or fantasy stuff, whatever you want to talk about. Anytime. Thank, thank you. You. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Trevor. There is an A hiding in there. Uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, be sure to, uh, uh, you know, if you liked it, leave a review to your friends about the show uh because that's how we get to do more of these because then more people want to talk to us and ask questions and listen to us and you know things and stuff i don't know that kind of ran out of steam anywho uh If you'd like to send in your own question or topic suggestion or just want to uh, send us an email, you can send that into writingaboutdragonsandshit at gmail.com. And if you'd like to keep up to date on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at About Dragons. But until next week, go write about some dragons and shit. <laughs>